Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. All right. So thanks everyone for joining. Welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. Um, I have a great guest for you today. This is Christian D. Perez. Um, Christian and I uh, have known each other for a bit of a time. Christian, can you uh, say hi to the audience and uh, welcome? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Colin. Um, yeah, it's been like, oof, since 2012, I think. Oh, said. yeah. Has it been really that long? Yeah, seven years. Oh man. <laughs> well, I well, number one, thank you for coming on to the podcast. Um, you know, I think uh, I think what's great uh, about what we're about to talk about is you have a very unique uh, journey in terms of how you got into the health and wellness space. And I'm, you know, even as much as we are friends and you know, we've actually actually had really great conversations, um, you know, throughout the years and, you know, great conversations about food and nutrition and herbs and, you know, all kinds of stuff that we're going to get into. Um, I'm really excited for the audience to kind of hear, you know, who you are and uh, what you're about and how you, you know, got here. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, awesome intro. <laughs> um, tell the audience uh, how, you know, tell everyone your story about how you became to where you are. And, you know, basically Christian um, is a tea expert. He's an herbs expert and he's actually a cannabis expert. And I know uh, marijuana has been <laughs> uh, in the news, uh, you know, more and more now. And uh, it's quite interesting to kind of, you know, take a, a fresher different and unique look at cannabis. And, you know, not a lot of people know about, you know, tea and how much that comes into play. You know, we're always really talking about food and nutrition and every diet under the sun, but it's quite interesting to be able to hear um, someone that has um, that depth of knowledge. So yeah, tell us, uh, tell us how you got here. Yeah, um, totally. Been it's it's been a unique journey, and um, very very grateful of being here and starting a career in, in the cannabis industry. Um, and it's it's interesting too of how you know both tea and cannabis are they're just these sort of uh, highlighted herbs or, or highlighted plants like that are so separate from everything else. Um, I mean, when you think of tea, it's like one of the most ancient herbs that we could think of you the teaspoon the first measurement comes from that you know it's like it was used as currency and then you have cannabis which um you know that has a very colorful to say the least history um but at the same time it's it's again this plant but it's considered so separate from everything everything else so um i think what got me here is just that fascination of of not only like you know plants and herbs and and food but i guess growing up in in a Dominican household. I mean, my parents are from the Dominican Republic, which is in the Caribbean. Um, I was brought up with home remedies. And so my grandma, my aunts, my mom, they would make, you know, if it was colds, mm -hmm. if it was fever, if it was whatever, you know, stomach aches, little, little uh, um, upsets like that. Um, she would make me 
make me something, whether a tea. And technically, it wasn't a tea. Uh, I'm going to get a little nerdy here, but a tea has to be from Camilla Sinensis, the plant. Everything else is technically called a tisane, T-I-S-A-N-E. Um, and so that's an herbal infusion. So we call it a tea that we drink, but technically it's not a tea. But essentially, yes, I, she would make she would make all these things and um, it would work. And so it, either equally and just as the same amount of time as, as Western medicine or, or uh, over-the-counters pharmaceuticals and whatnot. So it's, it was something that I kind of grew up with and was ingrained with. And so as a kid, I always thought of, hey, I want to I be a doctor. I want to heal. You know, that's, you know, that's one of those childhood uh, fantasies that we always have. And one, commend you for, for doing that too, not to knock anybody who, who has done it. But I've, I was always wondering what, if there was some other, like, like why don't we use herbs, mm-hmm. you know, in the medical field? What, what? what is preventing us from that? And then you look into, you know, you have the American Medical Association. So there's a whole body that governs that. You have the FDA. And so um, then you have the herbs and supplements industry. And it's like, well, what's what's that? So there's all these sort of confusing little bubbles and realms. And it's like, I was always trying to find what's, what is the way to like <laughs> learn about the most, like things that you can perhaps take your health into your own hands by making it yourself. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it may sound kind of out there, but at the same time, yeah. When you start finding out, Hey, things in your backyard, you can use on a daily basis for anything and everything. And I don't want to sound like a, like I'm peddling any sort of patent medicines here or anything like that. But again, like when it comes to, you know, simple things, like I'll take one plant, for example, dandelion, which everybody looks at and sprays weeds at it. And, each and every single part of the plant has right. both minerals and nutritious aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going on a tangent. Sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, if we're, we're on the subject of tea, you know, obviously right. we have, um, you know, uh, you know, Tivana, obviously I know that you've worked uh, a little bit there. Um, and then mm-hmm. you also had your own company um, a little bit before. So I guess, you know, to yes. someone who doesn't know as much about tea, you know, what it would be, you know, a great way to, how would you know to find a good source of it? You know, how would you know to rely or trust a certain uh, store um, or company that sells tea? You know what I'm saying? Because I know Starbucks um, has Tivana. Um, there's like David's Tea. Um, there's a lot of different, as opposed to, you know, the local, you know, store down the street, or, you know, when you go to a restaurant, you know, how would you be able to distinguish what is actually, um, you know, good quality? Yeah. Um, so we know, we normally think of when we think of tea, you know, green tea, black tea, or or gray, English Mm -hmm. breakfast, um, chai, stuff like that. Um, and that's all, that's all tea. And they, you can eat it in bags or you can get it loose leaf. Um, now, I am a little bit of a snob, so I, I will say I only drink loose leaf tea, although there are some great uh, tea bag companies out there. Now, what, what, what about the average consumer, the average customer? First off, most people don't know what a great cup of tea tastes like simply because there's two things that everybody is doing. <laughs> That's too hot of water, one, especially if it's a green tea, and two, you're leaving it in mm. there for too long. Now, what is happening? Okay. Let's take a green tea, for example. We're doing two things that make our green tea cup taste horrible and why people don't think it's palatable. One, too hot of water. Green tea does not withstand boiling water. So depending on where you are in the United States, I'm in Colorado, we're in the mountains, that's 195 degrees, it's too hot. And in uh, Jersey, where I'm from, that's 212 degrees, also too hot. Boiling water is too hot for green tea. Let it cool for about five minutes. It should be about 175, 180 max. 
um, or 185 max for your green tea. Leave it in there for two minutes max. Literally, two minutes. That's all it needs. Your, your tea should look light and it should be flavorful. If it's bitter, you left it for too long. Mm. Like mm. it's burnt, you put too, much, too hot of water. So there is somewhat of a, of an, of a process to make tea. And, and we Americans just aren't used to that. But um, yeah, that's one thing. Now, where does the mm. consumer go? <laughs> um, okay, you have, uh, you have the supermarkets. That's where most people buy tea. In fact, if you look at any uh, industry statistics, there's two ways that people get new types of tea. Either they are ready to drink from the fridge or they're tea boxes. They're getting it from your supermarket. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of great flavor, I'm somebody who doesn't really like sweetening my tea. I keep it pure. I'm a little bit of a purist. Um, but if you like tea to taste like either your grandmother's tea or um, I wouldn't compare Southern tea. Southern sweet tea is just sugar and water. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if tasting tea, I'll say honest tea, pure leaf. Um, and even um, Tivana's, uh, they have like a simple, I don't know if it's a jasmine green or like a pearl green. It's something like that. But it's in an all glass bottle with a tin top. That one is also fairly good for ready to drink. When it comes mm-hmm. to tea bags, I would say Mighty Leaf. I would say Numi Organics. Um, traditional medicinals, although they do more herbs as opposed to actual tea tea. Um, and then you have some companies out here in Colorado that are doing some really good stuff like um, Two Leaves in a Bud and uh, Tea Spot. There we go. The Tea Spot. Um, okay. So, yeah. So that's awesome. Um, I, I, I think, um, you know, me personally, I've definitely been steeping my tea for way too long. I, or I didn't even actually know about, you know, the temperature, uh, like differential and I, how much that could make, um, a difference, you know what I'm saying? So that's really, totally, really, totally. you know, good to know. Um, and even in like Asian spots where like where you go to get a, a pot of tea, like you're drinking either Jasmine or chrysanthemum. And so that doesn't really matter if the tea leaves stay in there. Sometimes it's oolong, um, but they'll most likely take the leaves out. We Americans are just not used to a good cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. It seems like, seems like, and this might be stereotypical, but it seems like, you know, just the British are, you know, actually know what a good quality cup of tea is. So, well, they make the time for it too. Afternoon tea, they don't miss it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They probably, you know, are actually very patient about it and, you know, um, want to do it right. So there might be, you know, some method to their madness. So, um, Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Now that's great. So, um, so let's, I want to, I want to talk about the cannabis a little bit. Like how, <laughs> how did you, um, like why, why was it, why is it important for you to, you know, be a, um, I guess a, a quote unquote expert, you know, like how would you define that, you know, uh, maybe kind of clear up, um, you know, what, you know, like what we kind of went through growing up, you know, like we always think of people, you know, uh, using it to a certain uh, degree and, 
you know, using it for certain uses, recreationally, things like that. But there's actually a lot of uh, health benefits from it. Um, you know, there's a lot of popularity and rise of like CBD oil. There's a lot of research out there. Um, you know, and there's obviously what we use um, for conventional medicine is medical marijuana, uh, especially, uh, you know, to be able to help, for example, uh, cancer um, population. But yeah, tell me, tell me if you will, like, where, where, where do you find the benefits? Uh, and, you know, what is on the rise, you know? Yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, let me, so for the people out there who are kind of on the fence or Andrew people who are sort of up on the opposing end, um, here's, here's kind of a, a, a great debunking session, right? Debunking session to kind of give, we have to remember that hemp has been used here in the United States specifically for hundreds of years. And it's been the past 70 that we've kind of had this little amnesia, right? Um, also, it used to be in our food, um, our food chain, our food system. We used to feed hemp to our livestock and then that used to mm. be in their fat and then we used to eat that livestock. And so it was in our food system as well as hemp seed. Hemp seed is actually known to be one of the most complete proteins in the food uh, kingdom mm -hmm. next to um, quinoa. So it has all nine essential proteins, which are the proteins that you can only get from food in the seed itself. Mm. So hemp, mm. that not even, we're not even talking about smoking, right? <laughs> we're just talking about yeah. hemp itself is a perfect protein and has all three, omega three, six and nines in balance. So again, is a perfect food. That's hemp seed. Now that we have to remember was in our food chain. When we talk about its cousin cannabis, that has also been used for thousands of years. Um, and it's been the reason why we feel that there isn't or wasn't any medicinal qualities to it. Um, there's many, many sort of, um, Yes, we have found that medicinally, the reason why cannabis is so potent is because we actually have an entire endocannabinoid system in our body. We have what's called a mm, cannabinoid mm -hmm, receptor, mm -hmm. CBD1 receptors and CBD2 receptors. CBD1 receptors are aligned in our brain, in our spinal cord. Um, and then we have CBD2 receptors in our entire enteric system, which is our entire digestive system and basically the second brain of our body. Now, why would we have something yeah. that, why would we have an entire system that captures specifically cannabinoids. Well, it turns out that the endocannabinoid system actually regulates many parts of the body, including appetite, nervous system, uh, metabolism, um, regulation anti-inflammatory, so regulation of sort of uh, immune factors or immune markers. It has so many different like interwoven pharmacological ways that it goes that it, it, it literally is, yes, a medicine. Now, Okay, what were our fears about it? We, like you said, we do think about, you know, people kind of getting stoned and getting high and it's like, oh, they're kind of lethargic, they're this and that. Let's go into medicinal, right? Before we go into recreational. We have found that with cancer patients, it not only helps with nausea, but it also in stimulates appetite. And we know that with chemotherapy, it, mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest things that cancer patients cannot get. And that's, uh, you know, they're malnourished because they can't, you know, they're feeling, they're, all their cells are dying. So they're feeling weak, they can't even eat. Cannabis will help with that. Then you have people with epilepsy. Again, mm. we have CB1 receptors in our brain. Um, epilepsy, which is a, a brain uh, disease, of course, helps with that. It reduces, uh, we've seen in kids, it's reducing uh, episodes of seizures a day down to about two using CBD oil. 
mm. there's that uh, regulation of, you, you know, you always hear people getting the munchies and this and that, but you also have regula regulation of metabolism and appetite. We have found that with mm -hmm. cannabis users or frequent users, high use users, um, they tend to be the same weight. Um, we've also have found that, and this is something weird and new, but si recently I just saw um, a couple of weeks ago that we have scientists have found that men have higher sperm count by being high cannabis users. So mm. again, if we wow. are to look at it in some demonic way, because of the fact that we've been told and yet there's no science to back it, which is the biggest baloney I've heard. Definitely. It's like, look at Israel, who's yeah. the leading country in the world right now doing research. And yet we're so behind. So mm -hmm. yes, it, we have to remember that it's always held that merit. It's just that these 70 years with law, we've, we've kind of made the American people forget. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think that's very important no matter, you know, what we talk about is, you know, we do our due diligence with doing proper research protocols and procedures and, you know, just really, you know, using science to be able to break everything down, including and that's a like great, marijuana, that's a, cannabis, hemp and things, you know? That's so, totally a great point. And what's interesting is that we follow that with the FDA, right? With the USDA, we have regulatory bodies that definitely oversee uh, products like consumables that every American or that every person takes. Right. And of course, medicine, that's important. Um, what's very interesting though, is that at the initiation, um, we had an herbal pharmacopoeia until the year 1933 or 1938, which included cannabis in there and actually cocaine as well. It was, it was, uh, very common to be prescribed for toothaches. Um, cannabis was on there as on the herbal pharmacopoeia after 1938, and well, 1937, when the law for hemp tax came in is when it completely lost its medicinal value. And so um, mm. we do have to remember that once that happened, we then got uh, or we then were what was birthed was the Drug Enforcement Association or Drug Enforcement Agency, yeah. right? DEA. It's one of the. So how is it that an herb that used to be part of a herbal pharmacopoeia and now the only regulatory body that oversees it is a law enforcement one, as opposed to a scientific or research-based one. So that was very something, that's also something very interesting if we look back at history of, of seeing or of noticing why this plant in particular, again, was very mm -hmm. much shunned or even like prohibited from being researched specifically. So yeah, I think that's a very good point. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, so it's always, it's always good to know more of these and, and I'm curious to know, like in the future coming up, um, you know, what is in the rise for cannabis and all the other possible uses that could come out of it, you know? Yes. So, um, we're, it's, we're now yeah, especially when definitely state regulations are making, you know, California where I'm currently at, you know, um, in LA, you know, you know, it's legal now. So you know, it's uh, interesting to see how um, things will move So the forward. biggest thing we're seeing in the industry right now is CBD, of course, right? And CBD is cannabidiol, um, and basically it's a non-psychoactive compound of the plant. We're noticing that well, there are different uh, isolates of CBD. You can have CBD, CBDA, CBG, CBG, CBN, and these are all in the same cannabidiol sort of umbrella of a chemical. Um, again, non-psychoactive part of the plant. And what we're finding is that the CBD is doing a lot of really cool things, um, mainly anti-inflammatory. It's, it's uh, helping with um, anti-inflammatory conditions, um, also with anxiety. Um, it's helping with, with mm -hmm. calming down of the nervous system. Um, so we're seeing in the industry now, one, the boom of CBD, which uh, the company that I'm working for now, it's a little ancillary. It's, we don't even touch the plant, but we, 
we are positioned in a place, we're positioned uniquely that we can be a leader in specifically the CBD realm because we're noticing that 70% of the stuff in the market is either adulterated or has some extra, extra chemical additives and or is not right. CBD at all. And so, you know, that's really important for the average consumer because no one really knows where to go or much about it at all, right? We're so, it's such an infancy. Right. But the, the power of it, or let me not say power, where we're seeing the trend going currently, especially um, in Colorado because of the fact that one, the advanced, and two, the customer is a lot more sophisticated. Um, we're seeing that the, the marketed to consumers for condition now. You're seeing, do you want to wake? Do you want to sleep? Do you want to alleviate stress right. do you want you know now it's being tailored to an experience and so the cbd is can yeah be either in any delivery form from capsules to you know smokables if you wanted to and everything in between suppositories and topicals everything um and even you know for your pets and tinctures or in treats so all these different deliverables but we're noticing that yeah the market is now trending specifically with cbd with conditions, anxiety, stress, wake, sleep, yeah, things of that nature. So yeah, that's quite kind of interesting. Um, you know, because the the market is, you know, when you're in a when you're in a market like that, you're always trying to not only capture the market, but you're also trying to capture their taste, their preferences, looking at trends. Um, so you're gonna make different um, things to tailor that. You know, what I'm saying as opposed to using the real um, actual. Um, you know, the, the original use of it. And um, obviously there's a lot of regulating bodies that are going to be up and coming. And, you know, there's just a lot of, um, you know, things uh, up, up the pike, I really feel. Um, so it's really interesting to see, we'll see w where is it becomes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, again, I mean, yeah. I'm right in the, in the, <laughs> the, the eye of the storm of that stuff. So it's kind of cool um, watching it unfold. But I mean, you have Walgreens and CVS now who have claimed that they're going to make shelf space for that. So yeah. the market is going a lot faster than the regulatory bodies. Um, so that's, that's pretty interesting. And it, it's just boomed. Um, but yeah, I mean, even in the, in the world too, I mean, we're we're seeing breakthroughs as well when it comes to when it comes to cannabis and therapeutics, and um, I mean, what what what's very very interesting is that we're having really big companies that are in other industries buying companies in cannabis, i.e., alcohol companies and big tobacco companies. Um, you have Andrew yeah. Bush investing in cannabis. You have um, who else? Uh, Philip My Mayer. Philip Meyer, Philip Mayer, who again, big tobacco. Yeah, Meyer, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Investing companies. And the reason is because, and we're seeing this also in big pharma, they are kind of on alert and scared that consumers are going to pivot and change their, you know, sort of not vice, but sort of drug of choice because more and more doctors are starting to open up to sort of, uh, medical cannabis or medical medical cannabis for pain conditions as opposed to harder harder pharmaceuticals or opiates so that's kind of a new thing as well that we're seeing um you know just kind of these consultants start speaking to these doctors and and giving them the yeah. science behind it but uh yeah like industries are really making moves because they want to hedge their bets and they're afraid that the average american may not want to pop a pill anymore they might want some medical cannabis <laughs> Yeah, 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 definitely. So I would let let's uh, we definitely want to move on to the next subject, but we'll take a short break. And when we come back, I definitely want to pick your brain about, you know, uh, where we're at, um, you know, pretty much as a society in terms of health of wellness. So uh, yeah. love to continue more. So we'll just take a short break. Cool.
Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Okay, so we are back um, on Thrive Bites. Uh, thank you for joining in. And uh, we have Christian D. Perez on the other line. And uh, for those of you that are just joining us, Christian is a very, very good and dear friend of mine. And uh, he's also a tea, herbs, and cannabis expert, and a very unique guest we have today on the show. And uh, Christian, um, I really would love to know, you know, um, in this era, um, you know, it's 2019, you know, society is like, you know, all over the place, you know, you have, um, you know, a lot of different health claims going in and out and stuff like that, and mental illness, and, you know, um, you know, a lot of people, unable to control where they're at, you know, what do you think most people are missing from their lives right now in terms of health and wellness? And, uh, and why would you say those certain things? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many distractions in our current economy, right? It's like the attention, we're in the attention era right now. It was the information era and now we're the intention era, I feel. So yeah, that's a good way. Ironically, right, right. Ironically, I think what, do people need in terms of health and wellness right now is awareness. I mean, I think what's important is, or what people, a lot of people are starting to do is like saying, Hey, there's something, you know, I've been doing X, Y, Z all my life, or I've been feeling this way all my life. I don't know why I'm going to find out. And then when they try to find out in conventional traditional means it, you know, it's some sort of diagnosis or prognosis saying like, you're going to be on this for a while. Um, or on this protocol for the rest of your life, or it's like, you know, they, they've dealt with being so stressed out and having their cortisol levels so high for so long, you know, it's only normal that they always bite their nails or they always clench their teeth or they always, you know, there's always some sort of physical symptom from their anxiety. So the point is that we're, we're coming to a crux right now. I feel of awareness. I feel like people are now saying like, all right, I'm no longer going to like, this isn't normal for me to always be stressed. This isn't normal for me to have, you know, I don't know. Uh, I upset stomach all the time. It's not normal for me to not sleep. It's not normal for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like people are now yeah. becoming aware. And the first thing is, you know, sleep. There's been a lot of insomniacs and I feel in this society, it's almost cherished if sleeping up or if you don't get any sleep, you know what I'm saying? It's like, Oh, I, I, I didn't sleep at all. And I'm up now and I'm at work and this and that. It's like, that's not, you know, you should, we shouldn't be rewarded for that. Right. Um, then there's, do you, do you think, I'm sorry to cut you yeah. off, but do you think like people are hyper stimulated because there's so much information oh, yeah. and oh, people definitely. are, you know, believing, you know, believing what they're reading. Like, for example, they Google here's, here's one easy, simple thing. Talking about sleep, right? And talking about overstimulation. Turn off all your lights in the room. Everything. Everything, everything, everything. Even, like, I don't care if you, I, I know that TV is for some people. They need that white noise in the background. No. All lights besides moonlight affect our sleep and we will not enter mm -hmm. REM sleep, i.e. our deep sleep, if there's any light around us. So yeah. even red lights, even blue lights, which most of our phones are, and if you're not, you know, turning your night shift on, then those blue lights are keeping you yep. up. All lights will keep you up. So yep. one thing, you don't even have to invest in a sleep mask. I just put my pillow on over my eyes. 
and everything is turned, you know, everything is turned off. Shade, you know, and so yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, when I counsel patients, it's always yeah. sleep hygiene. You know, um, making sure you know things are pitch black. You know, you're avoiding all you know distractions. Um, you know, like uh, heavy exercise, heavy meals right before bed. Every piece of technology, um, you know, TV, computer, smartphone. And, you know, I tell the patients, you know, the bedroom's only there for two things, you know, like sex and sleep, that's it, you know, <laughs> right, right. and, you know, the better, the better, the better, you know, you can create that environment, you wouldn't really necessarily need to rely on a sleeping aid, you know, and that's the better for you. But sometimes we are accustomed and adapted to being overstimulated when we actually do not acknowledge that. And so sometimes, like you said, we have to kind of take a step back and see what is going on because back in the day you know we only had candles before you know the the light bulb was created before you know we were able to harness you know electricity to be able to create yeah, light. And i mean circadian rhythms they're based on the sun right like you're there's these sunrise alarm clocks that will slowly and gently wake you up as opposed to you like you know being bombarded awake or whatnot so i mean circadian rhythms that's as as natural as you can possibly get in terms of cycles for your sleep um, we, we tend to, you know, cut it off at times or we tend to really, really warp it because I mean, first off our schedules, right. There's people doing graveyard shifts. Um, and then there's our phones yeah. that we're just like sticking to before we go in bed. So yeah, like our rhythms are totally off. So I would say overstimulation, unawareness of our natural rhythms, all, all these things are the plagues of the current, the current person. Yeah, 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 definitely. So um, we're we're definitely we're gonna we're actually gonna be uh, wrapping up. Uh, what 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 kind, what three tips would you uh, you know impart for our audience members to kind of take away to really um, you know really better their lives? You know, take their step to the next level. You know, really thrive, right? Um, you know, we're calling this Thrive Bites. You know, you know what is it? You know, from you. Um, from your experience and your knowledge and wisdom, you know, that you can impart to our audience members, three takeaways. Ooh, okay. Three physical, I'd say start your morning, either water or breakfast, break that fast, you know, get something in chart, start up your day. We start, you know, we tend to be lethargic throughout because we don't start it right with something in our body to, to prime us up water being most important of those. So either water and or food mm -hmm. for your body. So when you, when you wake up, um, emotional, um, totally have gratitude, you know, find some time, two minutes, five minutes, whether you're driving, whenever, um, just being happy, man. When you would, when you are being happiness, you can only get it back. So, I mean, that's, that's emotional. And then, um, yeah, I guess definitely. that counts for mental too. With mental, I would say visualization, right? Um, visualization is a lot of things, whether it may be, you know, some upcoming event that I want to make sure it goes well. I kind of go through it in my head, as perfect as it can be. And then it, you know, and then it comes to life, whether that's something to manifest, you know, I'm, I'm already thinking of it as it's already happened. Um, so that visualization, I think is really, really important. And even with like, you know, at the age of 35, they say you solidify your personality. So I, I always feel that, that brain elasticity, right. Keep it, keep it always moving. Um, mm. same thing, visualizations that, that could help with that too. So yeah, in terms of body, mind, emotion, so, uh, so thanks again, Christian, for uh, coming on uh, to the show. I really appreciate your time and, you know, what you have to share for the audience. 
Um, can if people need to find you, where can they find you? What's the best place they can find you? <laughs> I'm a little bit of a hermit sometimes. Uh, there's a I have a Facebook page um, that I sort of curate and put you know all things food and herbs and tea, um, and that's TLT Trees Leaf Seas TLT Medicine and Muse. Um, and so check that out. I post fairly re- uh, frequently and yeah, just get some news on geeking out about food, herbs, and tea. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely, uh, get that from you and I'll leave that uh, for the audience so they can uh, reach out and find out more. So again, thank you for coming on to the show and, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, this is another episode on uh, thrive bites and, uh, you know, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks, Christian. Thanks, Colin. Hey, guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like that episode, please subscribe and follow weekly for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.